got your Bible, let's make this confession right now. The Word of God, word of God is, truth. is truth. If I live the Word, I, the word. I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it's just that simple. You can be seated. Good to have all of you here today. And really and truly, I'm, I'm really, we are all blessed to see all of you visitors that are here. Super Bowl Sunday, we're all excited. I mean, everybody that's a Super Bowl fan, uh, I am actually a Peyton Manning fan, so I'm not saying I'm really all for Denver. I was always for Drew Brees and the New Orleans. And But anyway, let's take a little poll. How many of you believe Denver will win the Super Bowl? Okay. How many of you believe Seattle will win? Okay, Denver, Denver definitely got the odds here today, but we'll, uh, we'll see if it... If you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be reading in Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to also be reading in Romans chapter 12. We're going to be talking today about a word that the Lord gave me for 2014, and it's position for victory, and that God wants His people positioned for victory throughout 2014, but really throughout the rest of our life. And that as we get closer and closer to the return of Jesus, to the rapture of the church, God has a position for all of us to be in so that we can have the victories that He has for us. And the word that the Lord gave me in the beginning of the year, I shared part of it in December the 29th, but it's that there's going to be a lot of darkness that's coming into the world and that we're moving into a time where we are living in the prophetic word that Jesus gave us in Matthew chapter 24 about the end times, wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, all sorts of challenges that are going to be developed. In 2 Timothy, all the challenges that are listed there. But he also says in that scripture in 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul, that, that the, the man of God is going to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's you and that's me. And that no matter what happens in this world, we're going from victory to victory. We may go through the storms, we may go around the storms, we may go over the storms, but we are victorious. Can you tell your neighbor, we're going to have the victory. We're going to walk out that victory. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, you know the scripture, it says that, that God created man in His image and that He gave us dominion over everything on the face of the earth. And that was jurisdiction and power and authority. And that at that time, man was a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, or flesh. And that when the fall came in the garden and when Adam and Eve didn't do what they were told by God, by the power of His Spirit to do, they died a spiritual death. The spirit of man died. Man didn't die. Mankind continued to live, but the spirit in man died. Man then became a two-part being. Some people want to know how Adam and Eve could have done that. What happened? How could they have given up on God and, and turned on somebody that loved them and created them? Well, none of us knew for sure, but we found out that Art Linkletter and that Bill Cosby found out. How many of you have a sense of humor? How many of you could use a whole lot more? You came to the right place. We're going to watch what actually happened in the Garden of Eden. Eve 
and Eve. How does that story go? One time there was God, and God made Adam out of dust. And then he put Adam to sleep and made Eve out of a rare rib. And then Out of God... what kind of a rib? Rare. A rare rib. <laughs> God said, Adam and Eve, don't eat the apple tree or I'll punish you. And then the devil came along and kind of hypnotized them. And then God went to see someone. And then they got real sick. And then they, and then they hided. Then they hided from God, and they threw up. <laughs> well, I love that. We we were doing a, a children's meeting recently, and we we had this video, and we didn't get a chance to show it. But Adam and Eve were hypnotized by the devil, and then they threw up. Well, whatever. But we do know this that the devil came and played with their minds. And today, the word of God is that if you're going to walk in 2014 and you're going to walk from victory to victory to victory, you're going to have to realize the power of your mind and the power of your thoughts. December the 29th, we did the first part of this, what's going to be a series throughout the year. But we talked about the power of love and how you have to understand not only how much God loves you, but how much God wants you to love other people. Not to hold it, but to pass it on. And that when we walk with that unconditional love, we'll fulfill God's commandment, the greatest commandment, this love. But then also, you have such a source of power that exists between your two ears. Now, if you're here and you're not sure what it is, just take your hands, put it right up here and point right here, and say, this is it. Now, in most of you, this is your mind right in here. Some of you may have a position somewhere else. But for most of us, this is where our mind is. And this is where we live. And, and, and what happens, and what the Lord showed me was that if you don't understand the power that your mind has available to you and to God, then you'll never have the power of God flowing through you to accomplish all that God wants you to accomplish. See, God has all the power in the world, and His precious Holy Spirit can accomplish anything that God wants accomplished as long as mankind, you and me, get in agreement with God and we begin to do what God tells us to do, position ourselves where God wants us to be positioned and let His thoughts become our thoughts. Now, when Jesus comes into your life, your spirit man is reborn. That's what it's talking about when it's the rebirth. It's not the rebirth of your mind. It's not the rebirth of your flesh. It's the rebirth of your spirit. Your spirit becomes alive in tune with the Holy Spirit so that you can then know the thoughts, the plan and the purpose of God for your life. And then you can allow God's plan, God's purpose, God's thoughts to flow through you and that your mind then becomes renewed. Now in Romans chapter 12, we're going to be reading there about the importance of a renewed mind. And always when I think about the mind, I think about a story that Pastor Billy Joe Doherty, who is now in heaven, shared years ago with us at Victory. A little three-year-old boy came home one day. How many of you realize your mind has, has the chance? I'm on a rabbit trail now. How many of you realize your mind at a moment's notice can be positive 
and fixed on great things, and in a moment's notice, it can be the junkiest thing you've ever heard, and you, you're glad that nobody else but you knows what you're thinking, and you wish you were not even thinking what you're thinking. And, 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 and that, that's the nature of living in the Spirit or out of the Spirit. And God left us in charge just like He did in Genesis chapter 1. God left mankind in charge. Now God has left us in charge under the authority of the Holy Spirit to bring forth His plan and His purpose. Back to my story. Three-year-old boy comes home from school. He tells his mommy, 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 I got a test tomorrow, and I just think I'm going to do terrible on that test. I just know I'm going to do terrible on that test. And the mom looked at the little boy and said, Oh, honey, you need to change your confession. That, 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 that's not a good confession. You need to be more positive than that. And the little boy looked at his mom for a few moments, and then he said, Mommy, you're right. I know I'm going to do terrible on that test. Well, that is not exactly what we're talking about by powerful, powerful, positive thinking minds. You know, Norman Vincent Peale was criticized many years ago for the books and things that he wrote on the power of the mind and positive, power of positive thinking and all those. But he was absolutely right on, in my opinion. Now, you've got to have more than a powerful mind going for you. You have to know what the Holy Spirit is saying. But if you don't have a positive mind, then your mind will go the way of the world, and the way of the world is not going the right direction. Now, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we are told how to have a renewed mind. Now, when you were born again, your spirit man was renewed, but your mind was not. In my life, thank God, one of the first things that happened to me when I got saved, God sent Pam and I to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And at that time, the, the most important influence, were well, really still the most important influences in my life. Oral Roberts, Billy Joe Doherty, Kenneth Hagan, Kenneth Copeland, Fred Price, people that preach the uncompromised Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how important it is to be led by the Holy Spirit and to keep your mind renewed because the mind is the devil's playground. The devil hates you, but he comes to attack you through your mind. We have power. We have authority. We have dominion. But the devil comes to try to get you to think thoughts that are contrary to the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what the Word of God says to us in verse number 1 of Romans chapter 12. And you've heard this many times, I'm sure, in this church. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everybody say that. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, your mind controls your destiny. If God alone, through the power of the Holy Spirit, controlled your destiny, you would have never been on some of the rabbit trails you went on. Some of the rabbit trails you went on and some of the paths you took in your life took you away from the power of God because of your thought life. Just like Adam and Eve's thought life changed from what God wanted them to think. And what happens is we have to keep our mind renewed. Who is responsible for renewing your mind? It's a little weak. Let's do it again. Who is responsible for renewing your mind? 
That's right. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're responsible. Just like who's responsible for your body. Now he's going to meddling, hasn't he? Who's, who's responsible for your body looking the way it does? You are. But if you'll do whatever God shows you to do, it will be the way it's supposed to be. Your mind is the same way. And the power of Almighty God wants to flow through your mind. Everything that God does in your life is going to eventually come through your mind. If He did it all without you, He wouldn't have to have you. He could just make everybody like the robot that He wants them to be, not a robot, but in His image, because that's what we are made in His image, to be imitators of God as dear little children and to imitate Christ in everything that we do. But everything flows from His Holy Spirit and from the Word, which is one and the same, to our spirit. Our spirit then speaks to our mind and tells us what God is saying, and our mind commands our body. Everybody understand that? Because until that wasn't enough. Let me see the hands of all the people who understand that. All the people who don't understand it will bring down here. No, okay. Now, y'all understand what I'm saying. If you don't get this principle, you'll think, if I pray hard enough, I'll be okay. You can pray forever. And if you don't renew your mind, you're not going to be okay. You can, you can be, be delivered day and night, every day at an altar. You're not going to be okay until you renew your mind. Because as soon as you walk out of here, how many of you have had this happen? You're here, you're, oh, it's euphoric, Pastor John, Pastor Pam, Pastor Elizabeth. Somebody just had a great message, and you walked out, you're, oh, feel good. You turn the ignition on your car, and you drive out, and all hell breaks loose in your mind. Because a circumstance a situation, and you begin to think what? Wrong thoughts, contrary to the way God wants you to think, and pretty soon you're right back to the way you were in the very beginning. Everybody say this. You are, I am am responsible responsible for my mind. mind. Turn to your neighbor and say, that is so true. You are responsible for your mind. So if you want to know what the good and perfect will of God is, you just submit yourself to Him And you're going to find out what that is. Now, how do we get our mind renewed? Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, I used to always teach this all of the time. I've always said this from the very beginning when I first had a revelation myself. It's the living the Word of God and being led by the Holy Spirit. Really and truly, they're one and the same. Whatever God said is the leading of His Spirit. So God is Spirit. His words are Spirit. So whatever God said in His Word and whatever God says to you by His Spirit is the will of God for your position, whether it's your thought life or your physical position. And so when we do what God says, we're blessed. And when we don't do what God said, we aren't blessed. Got Manny on the front row. What a perfect example. Glory to God. Isn't that true, Manny? Can you say amen? Yes. Amen. Glad I sat on the front row. We've known Manny for a long, long time. And when you do what God said, you get blessed. And when you don't, you've got some things that you're going to find in your life that aren't going to go right. So what happens is we get to the point when you understand the thing that is the most important in my life is to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I know here what the Spirit is saying. Now, the Holy Spirit, for whatever reason, doesn't speak as loudly as the world. Facebook, Twitter, television, laptop, technology. God told me this two, three, four, five years ago. Beware of technology. That doesn't make any sense. But it's real easy for me to say because I am technologically illiterate in so many areas. So I I like that word. (laughs) Beware of technology. Now, technology, is it either good or bad? 
Well, what's television, good or bad? Well, I, I guarantee you that most television is bad. Some is good, most is bad. You've got to be really careful what you watch on television. It's the same way on the Internet. It's the same way with technology. What is taking your time and the focus of your mind? Who is in charge of focusing and renewing your mind? You are. What are the dominant thoughts that you have? There are things in this world that have come to try to get a stronghold on your mind. And the most important one that I believe to the devil that he tries to use is, is uh, anxiety and anxious thoughts. Things that catch you off guard and, 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 and they catch you in a, a certain situation. You said I could share this after the first service. I shared it in the first service and then the second service. Yeah, and then I said I, maybe I shouldn't have it. The other day, Pam has, uh, she was blessed with a car that has Cirrus Radio. I love Sirius Radio only because the internet radio. How many do any of you have Sirius Radio? It is awesome. It has Elvis Presley 24 hours a day on Channel 19. And I got that thing cranked up. I love it. I say, honey, I'll go to the store for you today if I can drive your car. And, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm at the store having a ball. She said, I know when you get home, the garage shakes. And, uh, but, but anyway, I, I had it cranked up. And this one day I forgot. She told me before, if you're going to do it, turn it down or off when you get out of the car. Well, this day I forgot. And it was cranked up. And, and we got in the car and I started up. And, man, it was Elvis blasting. I thought it was just right. But she did not. And she jumped to that car, and I said, I said, honey, you okay? And she said, that was too loud. Oh, that really. And uh, I said, I need to pray for you because, you, <laughs> because, because that's, that part of your mind is too anxious. You know? <laughs> that sound made you go wacko. Well, she wasn't real excited about that. <laughs> but, but really, nothing should bother you. Isaiah 26.3 says, those whose mind is stayed, are fixed, are focused upon the Lord, will be at perfect peace. It is the will of God that you have perfect peace. We are not to be affected by circumstances. We are to affect the circumstance. We are not to be affected by negative things. We are to affect negative things. We take every negative and we turn it into a positive based on the Word of God. God Himself speaks things that are not as if they were. I thank you, Lord, that I am healed. I thank you that my country will be all that you have predestined for it to be. I thank you that I will be a light to the world in the midst of darkness. We become a source of power that everywhere we go, we bring the power of the Holy Spirit on the scene. That is exactly what a renewed mind will do. But if there's an area that makes you anxious now, it will grow because it's there. I don't know this much about modern technology and all this stuff. But if you've got something that's growing on your body, you need to cut it out. And you need to get rid of it if it's not the right thing. And uh, I remember my dad, now this was my dad, so now you know where I'm coming from. If dad ever had something that grew on his body, like a, a little wart or a little blemish or something like that, he just pulled out his pocket knife and cut it out. And uh, I think that's a pretty good idea. Now a doctor will cringe and, and say that's not the way to do things, but that's the way my dad did it. You know what? That's what you need to do in your mind. Now don't you go home and pull out a pocket knife and stick it in your head, but, but if you, that makes you cringe, doesn't it? He's cringing over here. That's not good. It's not good. 
you have to, you're working out on that thing, on that first song especially. He does an awesome job. on What do you call those? Congos, not bongos. Congos. Congos. Give them a hand. Hubert does a great job on those congos. So what we do is we get to the point where we say, I'm not going to let anything grow in my mind. I'm not going to be anxious. And if you turn while we're talking here to Philippians chapter 4, I'm not going to be anxious about anything that happens. I believe that I'm going to be okay. Have you ever seen how uh, this happened to me just a few days ago? I forget what day. We had so much bad weather. But Pam needed something from the store, and there's a big bad weather forecast, and it was blowing out and all that kind of stuff. And first thing people do is turn on the weather channel and get nervous. Uh, <laughs> I, there's a whole lot of other things you should be able to do with your life, that, but that's okay. But if that's your thing, we'll go ahead and do it. But, uh, you know, it's just like, oh, there's a storm coming. Well, I, we didn't need bread, but I just happened to walk through the bread section. All the bread was gone. And, and well, the, it wasn't all gone. There were about five or six loaves. And got up to the cashier, and I said, yeah, what, what happened? I said, we've got people buying 10 loaves of bread. If I got snowed in in the winter, I would really want 10 loaves of bread. Uh, that would really be my thing. No, I'd want some Neapolitan ice cream, some nuts, some popcorn. Dr. Pepper, all the health food. And, uh, but he said, yeah, everybody comes in here and buys bread. I think, why would you sit home and eat bread and it turns to sugar? And you just, like, I, I had 10 loaves of bread during the thing. What did you have? I had popcorn and Coke. And... But, but, but it's, a, it's a kind of an anxious fear factor of everybody runs and gobbles everything up, I guess. I don't know. I, we, we, did, we did all right. I have found the best time to go shopping. It's in the middle of a snowstorm. You get out on the streets when they tell you to stay off of them, they're clear. You just drive anywhere you want. There's nobody around. Now, I realize the mayor and other people wouldn't like it, but I enjoy being out in the element and not have the element dictate to me. Now, I understand that you should use some caution. You should do what the authorities tell you to do. But don't be fearful of anything. Don't ever be anxious about anything. Because anxiety does not know a certain subject Anxiety spreads. Remember when, when Jesus was with Mary and Martha and Martha just sat at the feet of Jesus? I just believe she just sat there and said, oh, Jesus is in the house. And Martha said, who's going to do the dishes? Who's going to clean the house? Who's going to vacuum? There are cobwebs in the corner. He's going to look up there and see one of them and we're going to lose our salvation. You know, all these kind of things that, that you know. And finally, finally said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled, anxious about so many things. How many of you know people that are like that? If they're not troubled about one thing, they will find another thing. And if you try to go to get this thing, say, oh, well, this will be all right right here. Bam. You know that thing you pop like this? Bop, and it comes up here, and boop, bop, and it pops up. It's like, it doesn't matter what it is that you try to tell them to be okay, they'll come up with something else. That's because they have an anxious mind. And if you have anxiety in your mind, it'll just go from one thing to the other. And if that thing finally gets set, then you'll be looking for another thing over here. And we've got to get to the point where we say, you know what? I'm not going to allow my mind to be anxious about anything. <clears throat> Pam has told me that this message is easy. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it went over so good in the first service. <laughs> Pam has told me that this message is easy for me to preach because I am a phlegmatic. And she says, phlegmatics are laid back. They don't know what's happening anyway. Yeah, this could care less. It's like, it's like, give me another one. I'm okay. It doesn't matter. Okay, I am a phlegmatic. I top out on the top of the phlegmatic chart. Yeah, I know. No, that's what no, I was thinking about. I forget. You said, 
there's a book written about different styles, phlegmatics and everything, and then I forget, the part I forget about is what was Jesus? He was, oh, here's a phlegmatic. Jesus, they think Jesus was a phlegmatic. I keep forgetting that. I, I have to ask my wife to remind her of that. Folks, it doesn't matter whether you're phlegmatic or what anybody's labeled you, you're supposed to be like Christ. Turn to your neighbor and tell, I'm supposed to be like Jesus. We're to be imitators of God as dear little children. We're supposed to imitate Jesus. It's not what somebody has labeled you. Well, you're a caloric. Well, you're, I don't know what they all are. Caloric, sanguine, melancholy, phlegmatic. I think they're all an excuse for bad behavior if you want them to be. (laughs) Or you can just say, I want to be like that guy. What guy? Jesus. Try to be like Jesus. Can you imagine Jesus? Oh, my goodness, there's a storm on the boat. I'm trying to sleep. I don't know what to do. No, I don't think he would have been like that. As a matter of fact, I think he was enjoying the storm. The boat was rocking. I can get into this. The boat was rocking. Lightning was flashing. Waves were breaking. Oh, man, this is great. And he's got, he got 12 ding. How many? How many? I don't even have. Do you have them all on the boat? I don't remember. Where we had on the boat was really disruptive. They were anxious. How can he sleep at a time like this? Isaiah 26.3 says, we have perfect peace. Let's just say it. This even sounds good. I have perfect peace. When Brad came to our church, use you in the first example. I should have used somebody else. <clears throat> but you're easier for the enemy to get to. Because, because God, Brad has one of these perfect heads. You know, some heads had to be covered. Some were perfect and he didn't have to cover so, so the devil comes to get your thought life. When Brad came to this church, he had, would you call it a stronghold? I, I don't know. I, a stronghold. He, he could not receive the message of grace. And he used to tell me after the services that that message of grace you preach is too simple. And finally I said one day, well, it's okay, you don't have to keep it, but I'm, you don't have to take it, but I'm keeping it. <laughs> I like simple. And God's grace is unmerited favor. Well, what Brad was saying was he had some things in his past that he didn't think he needed to be dis- forgiven for. Is that correct? How many of you got some things like that? Three of you. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, he had some things in his past, just like I did. And, and when you get the message of grace, and that restores your mind and renews your mind, it's like, wow, I don't have to think about the way I used to be. I can be who he says I'm supposed to be. I can be righteous. I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When your mind gets renewed like that, you'll never think a bad thought about yourself. You say, well, what about when I do something bad? You run to Jesus. You run to the Lord and you say, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I just missed it today. He says, I know. I forgive you. And you walk right out of there as if it had never, ever happened. And you never allow yourself to go back there and think that thought. Now, what happens is we've got to determine, okay, how do I live a life like this so I can be everything that God's called me to be? I'm glad you asked. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to talk about a formula that will help you Have the mind that God wants you to have so that you do not have to ever be anxious about anything. But when the storms of life come, you are part of the solution. You're going to seek the leading of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but to me, the Holy Spirit is harder to hear than life itself. Can any of you relate to that? It's like, okay, God, the phone rang and somebody's here and the internet's loud and the TV's loud and... 
My wife is not, but she's there speaking to me too. And the people are loud and all these voices are coming at you. And you're trying to hear from the Holy Spirit. Well, it's such a soft, sweet voice that flows so well through a renewed mind that the Holy Spirit speaks to you here and you hear from the Holy Spirit. If you might have questioned sometimes whether or not you hear. You hear from the Holy Spirit if you're born again. Because your spirit man is alive. It's an antenna that's drawing the Holy Spirit's power into your life. And what you're hearing that is lining up with the Word of God and lining up with the things of God and bringing peace into your life. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Colossians 3.15 That is from God for you and you take that and you grab that and the devil wants to make you think you can't hear from God. The world wants to make you think you can't hear from God. Secular media will say of somebody who said, well I heard from God and they'll try to crucify that person and they think well they think they hear from God we hear from God we just need to determine I am hearing from God and you need to settle that issue that you hear from God because Jesus said my sheep hear my voice and his voice comes through the power of the Holy Spirit it's not an audible voice although for you you may hear an audible voice I've never heard the audible voice of God but I hear this internal thought voice that I know that I know that I know it's God and I have to be very still to listen to it now in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 we're going to have a test on verse 6 here okay now Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says be anxious for be anxious for But with everything, with prayer and supplication, and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, whatever happens in your life, whatever situation tries to confront you, you are not going to be moved by it whatsoever, but you're going to respond to it by positioning yourself exactly where God wants you to, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, based on your mind. I know that I know that I know what the will of God is in this situation. Now, how many of you would say, this is the test, how many of you would say that you believe that your spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit that you are to be anxious for nothing? Can I see your hands? Real high. Okay, let's all say it. I am am to be anxious anxious for for nothing. Looks like hands up everywhere. Let me see the hands of all the people who suffer from time to time with anxious, anxiety-filled thoughts. Now, let's all say it. Not too smart. smart. Now, you can't control the thought not coming. We all together? The devil's got this fiery dart. I don't know how it works. I I really don't know how it works. Some kind of hypnotism. But he pulls, now that I saw the kiss, I love that. I'm sorry. I just love, I love the Three Stooges. (laughs) I could use that. Next time you say, how could you do something like that? Say, honey, I was hypnotized. (laughs) (laughs) He's got these fiery darts that he fires. You you get them just as well as I. It's as if we have this shield of faith, and every once in a while, they they, uh, hopefully all the time, they hit the shield of faith, but every once in a while, it goes dong right here, and this thought comes that you're glad you're the only person on the face of the earth that heard it. You're glad nobody else heard that thought. But it came in and it zapped you right It's like, oh, man, oh, no, that's not me. Okay, we have to get to the point when we measure everything based on the Word of God and especially based on Philippians chapter 4. 
I can't help but every once in a while feel that when I seem, seem to limp a little bit that you probably notice that. And I wasn't going to say a word about it, but I seem to be limping more as the service goes on. I am having a knee replacement, and I'm not going to limp ever again. Glory to God, I'm getting a new knee, and just in time, because the Yankees traded Robinson, Robin, their second baseman, they, tr they traded him, his salary was too high, and they traded they don't have a second baseman. And that was always my position. Hubert, new knee, babe, I'm going. I'm out of here, New York. Keep shouting. What's that? Keep shouting the news or whatever. There, how's that? New York, New York. There. Start spreading the news. Billy's coming to the Yankees. <laughs> now, this is what it says in verse number seven. And the peace of God. Now, this is what happens if you're anxious for nothing. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Can I see the hands of all the people that have to understand everything? You're already in trouble, aren't you? <laughs> the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. There are things we will not understand, but we will we'll know how to respond to them, but we won't understand the situation. You don't have to understand. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Everybody got it so far? Let's tell your neighbor, I got it so far. I don't want to lose you on this next part because this is important. This is for your mind. This is for, for you to do over your mind constantly. Finally, all of you people at Victory Christian Center, but I have a new version. Whatever things are true, whatever, this is verse number 8 of Philippians 4. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, that's dunamis power, uh, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And then, verse number 9, the things which you heard, learned and received and heard and saw in me, those do... And the God of peace will be with you. So, if we do those things, we will have to think a whole lot less. Because you're going to get rid of a whole lot of thinking that has no virtue, has no power, has no just, no lovely report. It's an ugly thing of the world that you don't even need to be thinking. So you're going to get rid of that thought. You all with me so far? Okay, let's say, I got it so far. Who's responsible for your thinking? Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh, so is he. You think negative thoughts, you will be? You think positive thoughts, you will be? It gets real deep teaching here. Negative people are? Positive people are? Negative people aren't fun to hang around with, are they? Positive people are. They brighten the room when they walk in. Negative people brighten the room when they walk out. We are supposed to be the ones who walk into the room and the people know there's something different about you. There's something different about you. What do people like to talk about in, in, uh, in Indiana? I just lost my train of thought. Gee. Weather and sports. Yeah, that was it. Weather and sports. Don't talk about politics and religion. Folks. We should dominate politics and religion. 
Everywhere we go and walk into the room, we declare the will of God in that whole situation. I don't know where that ever started. This country started on politics and religion. Our penal institutions started in the church. Our educational system started in the church. We become so powerful in the realm of the Spirit that we're going to do exactly what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. How many of you would like to be more powerful than you are right now for God? Not to go out and think of something to do, but just to do what He tells you to do. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we know the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. We also know that it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. How do you resist the devil? When he comes and knocks on your mind and says, here's what I'd like for it. We'll use a Rosmo. I haven't used a Rosmo for years. Oh, glory to God. We'll see if he's back next Sunday. The devil comes and knocks on the door. And, 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 and Daniela, his beautiful wife, says, honey, don't answer but doesn't do any good for Rosmo because she can't control his mind. He's in control. And if he lets the devil in, the devil comes in. And if he casts the devil out with the thought from the Word of God, the devil's going to leave. And Daniela, God forbid she would ever think a bad thought. <laughs> he can pray protection for her, but he can't stop her from thinking the thought she wants to think. She'll think whatever she thinks. He'll think whatever he thinks. In the very beginning, when Pam and I were married, I would have some challenges. Well, I still have some challenges, but, but back then I had a lot more challenges than I have now. And I remember talking to a man one time about a situation in my life. He said, I don't know the answer to the situation you're facing, but I'll tell you this. It has to be, it has to reach the point in your life when you refuse to allow an external force to cause you to respond emotionally in a way that you know is wrong. And when he said that, it just exploded in my spirit. I was allowing a force that seemed to be greater than me to come in and make me think something that I shouldn't think, and I was going with the thought. Is that You follow what I'm trying to say? And when I realized that, I thought, you know what? The devil is always going to be like he is, trying to kill, steal, and to destroy. But I have to change the way I am. And I believe that many believers have to if you're going to be all God wants you to be. And 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. How many thoughts? Every thought. You are one thought away from following a stronghold down the wrong path. One thought away. But you take control of your thought life by giving it to God and by only thinking what the Holy Spirit has shown you you will walk in a new dimension of life. Not only will 2014 be a year of tremendous victory for you, but the rest of your life will be full of victory because the power of God will be flowing to you and through you to change you and to change the world. Let's all stand. God's got a great plan for each and every one of you. No matter how many times you've missed it in the past, God is there because He loves you because he's got a plan.
We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.